0: Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games.
1: Alrighty, welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of the Game Rivals. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Templer, and on the other side is my good, good friend
0: Maximilian X. Hey, Yo, everybody! Brian. What up? How are you
1: doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm not yeah. It's been a it's been a good couple of weeks, at least in terms of gaming. Yeah, <laughs> I actually look forward to those to the, these
1: recording sessions. It's kind of hard to contain because it's every once every two weeks, so it's really hard to. Sit still. And every time we have one of these sessions, like,
0: yeah, we're going to do this again. Exactly. Yeah, man. Ah, man. Good times, man. Good times. Good times to talk about a lot of interesting stuff that's happened.
1: Oh, indeed. Indeed. Let's get started with our first segment, the news. I think you want to kick this off with something really cool that happened last week.
0: Well, something interesting that happened last week, I wouldn't necessarily call it cool because it's been rumored for as long as the Switch has been out which is the mm, Switch Mini, in quotes, which has now been officially revealed as the Nintendo Switch Lite, and which light is a isn't. handheld... Yeah, because it's a handheld-only Switch, which does not hook up to your TV. It does not hook up to a dock. It has none of the moving parts, so no rumble, no IR camera, um Still not sure about the motion control. I'm pretty sure it still has the motion sensing. um, And it doesn't have removable controllers. And it's a little bit smaller, but it has an improved uh, chip in it. So the battery life is a little bit better, like a half hour more. But yeah, basically... um, It sounds like uh, it's light on features. Well, it's light on features and it's also cheaper. And don't be a wise guy. <laughs> Sorry, just so it's really easy.
1: Do did, did they announce the Dutch pricing because we know the US pricing?
0: No, because here's the thing when it comes to at least Nintendo and European pricing, they don't do um they don't set a price. They don't set a market price for their devices. They just say, "Well, there's what the market would expect," and basically retailers are allowed to price it how they want it as long as it's within that range which is also the reason why in the us a switch costs 299 but in like for example the netherlands it costs 310 euros if you buy it new um if you look around you can find it for either 300 or if you are just very desperate you can find it for 350 but mostly, mo- well, most of the time, the three fifty is actually a bundle which comes with a game. But let me get this straight: the normal Switch is one ninety nine
1: or two ninety nine in the states. In the states, it's two ninety nine. Two ninety nine, and that's without
0: and tax. I'm assuming that's without, yeah, that because it's MSRP, MSRP, so it's without tax. So depending on which state you buy it, you either have you have you either have to pay more tax on it or less or none at all. I thought right. they
1: would just say, hey, it's two ninety nine and then just literally replace the dollar sign with the euro sign because that's what Sony and Microsoft do. They just take the U.S. pricing. Yeah, and Nintendo doesn't it. do that. Uh, they swap out the dollar for the euro pricing. Yeah, okay.
0: yeah they, Nintendo doesn't do that. Well, at least Nintendo, Nintendo doesn't suggest retailers do that. Re- retailers just do their own thing. So when, like, for example, the Switch came out first back in 2017... There were places that were selling the Switch for at least 20 euros more than you should be paying for it. So, okay. yeah, it's kind of a rip. Yeah. But, yeah, the Switch Lite in the U.S. is going to cost 199 MSRP. Um, I'm assuming that it's probably going to be in the similar range in, in Europe. So, about 210 euros or 200 euros in an, around that ballpark. Which is about 30 euros or so less than the new 3DS. Is there a 3DS? Yeah, the three the new 3DS is still... Like, the new 3DS still exists, but... I
1: thought they already
0: stopped that because of the Switch. Because it no, nope, it's not been place. discontinued, and Nintendo said they are not discontinuing it anytime soon. They still They're not supporting game? it software-wise. Yeah, because are they making games for it? Not themselves. Nintendo themselves have, have the last game that that um, the last game that came out was I think Mario and Luigi, uh, one of the Mario and Luigi RPG remakes. Um, there was there was a there was a new game from Atlas that came out um around E three, which is um Persona Q two. Okay. Which is a uh, Etrian Odyssey uh, clone, a really good one, by the way. Huh. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, that, there's not a lot coming out on the 3DS, but they still say that they're supporting it, which makes sense because the 3DS line is not just the new 3DS because now you also have the new 2DS, which has the same chip as the new 3DS. So, But it's a lot cheaper than buying a, 3D, a new 3DS. So for people that want something cheap for their kids that doesn't break easy, that's what they go for. But as I was saying when these rumors were swirling around about the light, This is literally so that parents can buy Pokemon for their kids on Switch and not have to worry about it breaking. You hope. No, 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 no. Because it's one whole unit and it's a pretty sturdy unit. What? Screen could still crack, right? Uh, My Switch screen hasn't cracked and I dropped it like a bunch of times. And it's a bigger screen. Lucky you. (laughs) No, I mean, Nintendo always tends to invest in. You know, have decent equipment. So, and they're pretty good with at least the engineering part for the most part. <laughs> so, I don't worry about when they're making something that's handheld specific. They're kings of the handheld market. They are the handheld market. Basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until we get uh, streaming services uh, pushing out
1: mobile phones and mobile tablets to take over that market.
0: Mm, eh, not until 5g but that's like what five ten years away i i wonder i think
1: 5g might be here faster than we actually think i think in the netherlands 5g will be here like within two years maybe maybe a year maybe two years because there are countries around the world already in which they're using them i mean for example they have 5g in korea i believe in in south korea
0: yeah but i think that's mostly because samsung I don't know. Um, plus, in Europe, it's a bit more finicky. I mean, we still don't have uh, cellular. We do, We still. We don't. We still don't have like cellular smartwatches. Yeah, in the true. Netherlands because of frequency. But so I think
1: that's also partially a carrier thing. That carriers
0: just don't want to support those things because it's an eSIM thing. No, 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 no. I mean they support it in other european countries yeah but then uh, it is literally because of the frequencies they either don't want to invest in it or oh maybe there's something else going on with the frequencies maybe they don't have the frequency the maybe they don't have the bandwidth yet in the netherlands i don't know yeah because uh, a portable
1: switch with a 4g connection would make sense that's what the Vera had for example
0: yeah, but people didn't like that because they tied that to AT and T in the U.S. So.
1: Yeah, but for example, if if I got if I could buy a let me put it this way, one of the things I'm really looking forward to, if it ever unravels well, is for example the ability to get to use xCloud or to use Stadia outside, and that I can just use my four G connection because I have an unlimited data plan. I'm actually looking forward to using my 4G connection to be able to play for for the Horizon on the go, for example, in when I'm commuting uh, on the way to work, commuting, or for example, if I take my MacBook with me and I'm somewhere and I just want to feel like playing Battlefield, I'll just being able to play Battlefield through either Stadia or XCloud. Yeah, I. Because that's for me, that is a win. I mean I don't need Xcloud or Stadia at home because I have hardware for that already. But True. if I want the handheld experience and yeah, um people know that I don't have a Switch because the games in there are games that I would want to play on the Switch, kinda of which I did, such as Zelda, which I loved. But it, my my interests lie more within either PC or console gaming from other manufacturers. But then I would love to be able to, for example, take Uh, I'll still use Forza as an example, Forza Horizon with me on the go. And that would be really cool. And for that, I would love to be able to use my cellular connection instead of relying on Wi-Fi all this time because I think it kind of has a make-or-break moment that it needs to be able to work on cellular because people can't just use it only relying on (laughs) Wi-Fi. It kind of defeats the purpose that. that, But that's
0: what it's going to be for a while, and that's also the reason why you're not going to see... Like physical media die anytime soon, oh, and that's also them, the reason. But... And that's also the reason why you're gonna see, especially in Japan, Switch sales are gonna spike when this thing comes out. Plus, it comes out on the same day as the the new Legend of, or the remake of Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. So that's like perfect kismet, because uh... people are looking forward for that game, and now people can play it on a device that is smaller, more sturdier, has a better battery life. And an actual D-pad. Oh yeah. Which is which was a big deal when people were like, oh, it has a D-pad! Oh no. Can they please put it on a regular <laughs> Joy-Con? No. <laughs> Why did they not put so it
1: actually? Is it for the certain Because
0: games? Well, because the, the Joy-Cons are supposed to be detachable from the Switch and they're supposed to also work as a single controller. Mm. So when you have a D-pad, that kind of doesn't work.
1: Okay. Why doesn't because it work does. if they put because on... It's like, not an
0: indi- because you can't use it as an individual button. But they could slap
1: on the, the D-pad, for example, that we have on a PS4 controller, which also works like an individual button.
0: Yeah, but see, that's the thing. The D-pad on a PlayStation controller has never awesome. been that awesome. It's no. awesome. Yes, yeah, it is. No, it's... no. I used to play Street Fighter on a PlayStation 1. I got blisters because of that dang D-pad. But it's not meant for that. Yeah, but that's, but here's the funny part. I can play Street Fighter on a Super Nintendo. no problem. no blisters.
1: It's the that's
0: a good d-pad. D: No, it's not It's not a separate button. Hmm? Is it?: Yes? Yes, it's like the, it's a cross it's literally called the cross-shaped controller. That's why it's called that way. And the d-pad on the, on the PlayStation, the only reason why it's that way is because, well, Nintendo held the patent for the d-pad for a long time.
1: Huh.
0: I love the D-pad on a PlayStation controller. Yeah, it for certain games it's fine. Not all games. Yeah, I don't play. Whereas games the though. D-pad on a Nintendo system is like good for all games. Okay. But we can agree on this: the D-pad on the Xbox 360 controller was by far the worst thing on the planet. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah
1: yeah i mean so yeah i mean so yeah
0: the, the light is something to look forward to i'm not gonna get it though because i already own a switch oh it'd be so weird if you just bought
1: another switch i mean i have no idea why in god's name you would not want to buy another
0: switch but i won't lie you like the, the color. pokemon one looks really nice okay and i'm almost almost tempted to get that but i'm like no nope nope oh i'm good god i don't need it let me
1: put it i, I was actually thinking about okay maybe i should buy it <laughs> because of the price point it's really interesting but then i thought I might as well spend the extra 100 bucks and then just buy the Homer Switch because then I can also hook it up to my TV and also detach yeah. the Joy-Cons because yeah. I'm not that big of a hand. At least when I had my Switch, I always had it at home. I never took it with me to play outside. I would either play it at home on the couch, in bed, or dock. So
0: I'm not the the, the group You're day. not a handheld player. No, I love my Vita, like...
1: but there's nothing to play on it.
0: Yeah, but I'm, this, here's the ironic part. I am the complete opposite in that because I take my Switch everywhere. I don't do that, no. Like, unless it's for, like, an, like, a function or something. I don't take it with me, obviously, because that would be weird. But <laughs> I, that's what I used to do before I got my Switch. I took my 3DS everywhere. It was always either in my pocket or in my bag. And I had always something loaded in because, you know, you had the eShop on it yeah. so you can download games or, you know, I had this, like, neat case that I got from Club Nintendo when Club Nintendo still exists that has, like, at least, what is it, nine? It was three by three, so that was nine. So, like, 18 games in there that I could just take with me. It's, like, in this neat little case. So, yeah, I mean, there was a time that I was mostly only playing, like, 3DS games or DS games, which you probably could tell from my um, hidden gem recommendations from the past couple of weeks um but yeah i mean i can see this actually making the switch grow even more this holiday season and this holiday season is all for nintendo because a sony's not bringing anything out except B, microsoft already announced that they're bringing out their new console so why would you buy a new system unless you're buying maybe like the xbox one s bundled with like three or four games except that's trending. Except Death Stranding, but the people that want to play Death Stranding already own PlayStations.
1: Yeah, fair point. And it's a so, question if Death Stranding is gonna live up to the vague hype it's creating. I exactly. To be honest, I normally always pre-order a Kojima game, and with this one, I'm actually gonna sit out and wait what the reviews are gonna say because I don't want to spend sixty bucks on a game and then play it, and then have mixed feelings. For example, Metal Gear Solid, The Phantom Pain, I bought mm. it. And I might as well have... I, I wouldn't have minded waiting until it came into PS Plus because I sold my copy after I uh, finished it and then I got it again in PS Plus. So I think mm. I actually would not have minded to wait for that.
0: Okay. Oh, only time will tell. Yeah. So. Yeah. Speaking of weird D-pads, by the way, though. Oh, God. Um, you want to Microsoft talk about some... abomination. No, because it's not an well. First of all, it's not an abomination it's because not we were talking abomination. It looks no, so it's strange. not an abomination because let me let me say let me just explain it to the to to the listeners before you before you like dip into this abomination. So, recently, it was found out that Microsoft filed a patent back in 2017, early 2017, for a controller, um which was just recently granted to them this year that connects to a base. And it has two individual parts, a left one and a right part where, you know, you have the left part that has the, has an analog stick and the buttons on it. And the right one has the D pad and an analog stick and the shoulder buttons on it. And of course an Xbox like icon on it so that you could press that for the home stuff and whatever. And it comes together in a unit, but it also comes apart and you can connect it to a tablet or a smartphone. smartphone. And it kinda looks like something that we just talked about, as it kinda reminds me of a Joy-Con system, which is fine because, well, the patents probably for Xcloud, like a way yeah. to use uh Xbox controller. For xCloud, but people are also thinking that, oh, maybe this is the controller for the Scarlet, which would make sense because the Scarlet is probably going to push stuff like xCloud and that um, console server service thing that you can do for free. So if you can do that for free, why would you not have a controller that you can easily take with you on the go and use on your smartphone so that you can play games that are running on your? Scarlet.
1: I'm actually hoping that they come up with, or maybe I'll just need to find out an Aliexpress, one of those contraptions you click on your controller, and then you can just click your smartphone into it. Yeah, kind of, yeah, like, a, of like, uh, Nvidia like the game Yeah, or the Nvidia Shield, yeah, you know, the, the portable one. I would love that. And then I'll just use my Xbox One controller, and then I'll do yeah. that.
0: Uh, at least, but here's the thing. Patents are just, one, patents are just patents. Just because they filed a patent and they got a patent doesn't mean that they're going to work on it. I mean, Nintendo filed a patent for a mobile game, uh, a mobile phone that plays video games on it like ages ago, which never came to fruition. They actually did one recently that also was about a mobile phone thing that plays video games, but I seriously doubt that they're not, they just, companies tend to file patents for stuff. And sometimes these stuff become reality and sometimes they don't become reality. And the main thing that you're hung up on is because of the, what it looks like in the patent. It looks ugly as hell. But patent drawings are always ugly and they're way. always I not cannot, representative of the final design i cannot just imagine it being mock-ups. comfortable in
1: my hand because it basically looks like they split an xbox controller into two and then just attach the two sides to a tablet and then did it you, almost did, feels like i'm holding a
0: motorcycle steering wheel with a tablet in the middle of it i mean they couldn't be comfortable i cannot <laughs> imagine that be comfortable did you see the 3D mock up that someone made? No. Based on the patent drawings, it was so ugly. Let me just go that. I just want to laugh. Uh, it's so bad. But here's the thing. But I told you this when I when the news first broke that don't base it on what the patent looks like because if that was the case, then the switch would be this weird oval thing with two holes in it where the where the where the um uh, where the joysticks come out of. And digital buttons around like the screen, and the screen is like this weird oval piece of crap. Oh,
1: this looks so ugly! <laughs> oh, this is so ugly. See, that's why. See, that's what I meant. It looks like a steering wheel on the top of a motorcycle with a screen in the middle.
0: <laughs> but that's because it's a pattern drawing. That is so not how it's gonna look no, like when the, it's I done. See, I'm
1: seeing three D mockups, and it looks
0: even worse. I know, but again, that's not how it's going to look like. It's just so that they convey the idea. Well, they're conveying the idea in a really wrong way. <laughs> I don't feel like playing a motorcycle game with my Switch or uh, with, my, with my tablet. But here's but here's the thing. like People are like, oh, that looks so weird. Or like, oh, they're copying Nintendo. First of all, people always copy Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> PlayStation. <laughs> PlayStation.
1: Oh, wait, because um, we copied your asses and then we kicked your asses in the console war twice. Or actually, three times. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah, that's the exact same <laughs> thing I would say if I were in your position. Irrelevant. Objection overruled.
0: <laughs> no, but my point is, is that it makes sense from an X Cloud stand- yeah. standpoint. Yeah. If that is what's going to be the, the Project Scarlet's controller, and their focus is going to be on having hardware and cloud support. Then having a controller that does that is actually pretty brilliant. Definitely. They should maybe um, uh, bring out these Stadia
1: bundles, you know, those xCloud bundles in which they do it with Stadia Pro. You get a subscription for, St- uh, for xCloud and you get a controller in for a cheaper price. That would be nice. And maybe one that- of those holders to either plug in your uh, phone or a stand for your tablet
0: actually that wouldn't be half bad yeah because
1: the xbox controller is really nice it's one of the better controllers out there and of course we haven't had you
0: mean the, the xbox one x controller yeah the one s or the one x controller no, i've actually never actually i've never held an xbox it's one It's even x more
1: controller. Comf- comfier than an xbox uh, 360 controller 360. yeah and there's mm-hmm. friends of mine have the elite which they are super happy about having bought even though it's uh 150 bucks they are, they
0: pissed off, are they pissed off about the Elite 2.0?
1: No, no, because they already have their Elite for when it first came out, so they've been using it for years yeah. and really happy with it. Yeah. I heard a, I heard like, a weird oh, story damn, about... I need to uh, actually, like, get that. I heard a weird story about scuff controllers, which I was kind of surprised about today.
0: What on earth is a scuff controller? Don't you know what a
1: scuff controller
0: is? Mm, I'm assuming that it's a controller that's scuffed?
1: No, a scuff controller is one of those... Pro controllers people use for uh, shooters such as Call of Duty. They're really popular oh, in Call of Duty yeah. And yeah, uh, right. a friend of yeah. ours told me today... Yeah, he has one. He I has remember. one. And he told me that one of his analog sticks broke and that the no. analog stick would constantly just think it was pushed forward. So your character would automatically walk forward without, without being pressed. And then he contacted those guys and he said, Hey, I have a problem with my controller. Is this something we can fix in warranty? They said... Well, we only provide six months of warranty on the controller. And he said, yeah, what? in the States, but not here in the Netherlands. We have extra laws here. And then I said, oh, well, we can help you. And he was really pissed. And he said, okay, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. And the hard way means legislation, act and stuff like that, or, or uh, legal acts and stuff like that. And eventually he told me that he just wrote a note and he shipped off his controller with that note. And then they shipped his controller back and, he, and the controller was fixed. No, yeah. seriously? No contact, nothing at all. It's just, you send it up, they fix it, they send it back. That's so <laughs> weird. I thought, they might as well for the money you've paid for one of those controllers. Those controllers wow, are really dang. expensive.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. He was like really looking for it. I remember because he was like all excited about when it was going to come in. So. Yeah. Yeah, wow, freaky. Yeah, man. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool thing that they do that. They're better for
1: the amount of the money they charge you. I had an issue with my SteelSeries headset last year. One of the batteries was swollen. It has one of those setup boxes uh, kind of thingies, and you just plug in the mm. battery, and it charges the battery. And I took out yeah. the battery, and one of the batteries was swollen. I'm like, oh, okay. So I reach out to them and say, hey, my battery swollen. Can I maybe get a replacement battery on the warranty? Is that something you guys could cover? And then they sent me an email saying, okay, this is what you have to do. You have to smash and physically destroy your headphones.
0: No. And my
1: headset was broken. You have to smash your headphones and then you have to send us a photo of the destroyed headset with the serial number on it and then we will give you a coupon code and then you can order a new headset and then I sent them you email back saying okay that's super cool and all but I see that you just have the replacement batteries for the headsets on your site can't you just send me a replacement battery and then they said oh that's actually a better idea here's a coupon code <laughs> 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 Why? And I ordered the batteries, and I
0: got the batteries in. Why is he trying to make you commit fraud? No, because I was afraid if I was if I smashed my headset,
1: they'd say, "Well, now you smashed your headset. Now we can't provide warranty on it anymore." Because they would certainly oh' that is leave so weird. Wrong. Yeah, I know. I was completely so freaking baffled weird. by this solution. I thought, what the hell is this? I've never had this before. What? Okay. I'm super happy with my headset, by the way. I've had it for almost three years now. It's really nice. It's starting to act up a little bit, so I might reach out to them again for warranty or whatever. Yeah. But I, that was one of those mind-baffling moments. Where I'm like, ah, oh, okay, if you actually want me to physically destroy my head. I was actually thinking, how am I going to destroy that headset? Like normally, you just <laughs> throw it against something, but they had a really <laughs> specific way in which they wanted to see certain things on the phone. I was like, <laughs> Going need to drive over it with a car or something, you know? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was just so weird. One of the strangest oh, customer support incidents I've had.
0: Oh, good grief. Oh, Speaking of shady practices, man, g2a.com. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's so weird. That is probably the most interesting rabbit hole that I've been in gaming-wise for quite a while. Because, I mean, I just, I told you like bits and pieces about it earlier, but for those of you listening that are not in the know, if you're not into PC gaming, I I can get that. But if you're into PC gaming that you totally know about G2A, which is a website where you can buy game keys, Um, I would say not unlike, I would say not unlike, did you just switch? No, I dropped my headphone adapter on my... Okay, computer. it sounded like a switch, like... Click. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, he secretly bought a switch. <laughs> you're so in that ecosystem that you're just hearing sounds are or associating sounds with the switch. Uh, yeah, I mean... Okay, so G2A. A place where you can buy key codes. Problem is... About half of the key codes that they sell is either stolen or gotten by ill gains. Yeah, and the keys that are sold through them because G two A is not; they don't procure the codes. I mean, they're a middleman. I can so uh, people sell their codes.
1: I bought something through them.
0: Wow, you did.
1: Yeah. So and it worked. Yeah. So. Um... I buy, if I get buy a game on PC, I either do it through Steam or through Origin. But I, as everyone else in this world, do not have an infinite pool of money at my disposal. So sometimes I want to scoop up a deal.
0: Yeah, then go to Humble Bundle. Uh,
1: For example, and earlier this year, I wanted to buy Motorsport Manager for the PC, which I've been playing a lot, if I spoke of enough. Um, (laughs) So I thought, hey, you know what? The game on Steam is 60 bucks. Let me just check if I can find a better deal. I found a deal at G2A for 9 euros and 77 cents. That's a huge saver. But I'm currently, I'm just looking up my receipt because I thought, okay, did I buy something through them? And I looked at my receipt and said, hey, indeed, I bought it from them. And when I'm looking at my receipt, it says Motorsport Manager Steam Key Global. And then it says who I bought it from. But I actually thought I bought it from them. But apparently, I've bought it from a user because I see the user's name, I see his rating, I think I see how many products he sold. I didn't know that they might have. I didn't know the whole the the key selling scheme.
0: Yeah. So they're just the middleman. Yeah. And they allow people to sell stuff, but like half of the stuff is either stolen or gotten through ill gains. And like developers have been calling them out for years, but it's just recently started to. Really escalate because recently a developer, and I uh, should have looked up the name of the developer. It's an indie developer who called them, well, he didn't. He called them out in a very interesting way in a tweet where he basically told people on his Twitter to not buy his game on G2A. And if they want the game really badly and they can't afford it, they. They're better off just pirating it because, A, he doesn't see money from the sales on G2A. And B, it's a total hassle when it comes to keys that are either already used or they're gotten through ill gains. Because with bigger publishers, they'll block, they'll block keys that are stolen um, if they find out that the key was not bought through a legal way. So apparently uh last year. Um was it last year? Wait, when did the last Far Cry come out? Last year? Uh this year I believe it's called New Dawn. Let me double check that. No, no, no. I mean Far Cry five, not like the not the, the pseudo sequel. Oh
1: the pseudo sequel came out in February this year, and I think the yeah. Far
0: Cry five came out. So Far last Cry five came out last year. Yeah. So that one, they had a huge breach in like key codes. Yeah. And those were all sold through G2A. So, or at least a majority of them was sold through G2A. So when Ubisoft found out, they blocked all those codes, meaning that people that bought it through G2A or otherwise, they were not able to play that game anymore, even though they paid good money for it. By the way, the the developer,
1: and thing you're referencing about, I found an article in 2017 in which developers posted a... Poster saying don't be a thief, at least just be a pirate. I don't actually condone piracy, but I'm willing to rationally admit that piracy is an objectively much less worse decision than supporting actual literal thieves. And it was the developer of a tower defense game called Defender's Quest.
0: But this is from twenty seven. No, this was a this is a recent post. Um
1: I see that there is a uh, a petition for started by any developers to get G2A to stop selling any game geese.
0: Yeah, that is, that is the rabbit hole I'm talking about because that is a, that is a recent development. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and like, it's, it's just, it's actually kind of funny that a, I know that G2A exists, but I didn't know that that's what they do. The worst part they is, well. is that here's the worst part. So, Steam caught on to this stuff recently. And they said, you know what? You're not allowed to sell Steam keys on your site anymore. So they so like Steam actively blocks the sale of Steam keys that are sold through G2A. But people found a loophole by using Steam gift keys instead. Yeah, I saw something about that popping up just now. So now that gets a little bit harder because a gift key doesn't really have someone who originally bought the key because it's a gift. So it doesn't show that information. So it's a lot harder to keep that stuff off of G2A. So that is another thing that steam is trying to tackle, but it's a lot more harder now. And G2A through all of this are saying, well, people just don't understand our business model. No, we understand your business model. Your business model sucks. And the worst part of it all is that, recently they tried to have a i don't remember which site they tried to have this post on but that site where it's like yo this is what g2 was trying to do with me is that they wrote an article themselves stating why they're not guilty or why they're in the right and they told this they told this website that oh could you publish this on your website so that we look good oh and don't tell us that we're paying you to publish this uh, article and oh and don't let them know that we wrote the article oh my god that's just bad in so many ways why would somebody I have... agree to this no they didn't oh,
1: they just posted no the whole they story. didn't
0: they just let they just posted they just posted the fact that that happened oh my god And they're in denial. Now there's like this weird I I know that there's a litigation going on between them and like other develop like the bigger guys. But the problem is is that the little guy, the indie developers, are the ones that are that are suffering the most of this. Because whenever they whenever someone buys a key that's already been used, like for example, a um a review key that's already been used by a reviewer then they're the ones that have to go and track it themselves. Like a big corporation like Ubisoft or Steam, they can do that themselves. That's not a problem. But the little guy has to actually actively hire someone because G2A is like, well, can you prove that the key was stolen? And you have to do that by hiring a third party that is independent and use them to verify that the key was actually stolen. Ugh. Which costs way too much money for a small indie developer trying to make ends meet. Definitely. So, yeah. So, I really hope that this gets resolved because this is so bad. And it's like really bad for like the PC community because... I was about to I say mean, are... because these issues
1: never happen. In, at least I have never had any issues with this or heard any issues regarding this around playstation store or xbox store or eShop or whatever
0: well i mean i'm ass- considering that they sell game keys i wouldn't be surprised that they also sell i have seen like, game console i've
1: seen xbox game keys or xbox related keys or downloadable content keys on yeah uh either g2a or cdkeys.com i have seen it it's just oh, that
0: god not not even begin about cdkeys.com that is ass shady if not even more, than G2A. Like, people know that c- com is, like, shady AF, so... It but, does. like, the G2A stuff is... I didn't even know this rabbit hole existed until that. that. Well. It. And it's still ongoing, so <laughs> if we find out more about it, we'll keep you guys posted on that. Yeah. But, oof. That was... um, That was all in one week, by the way. Yeah. The The G2A thing. That was, like, all in one week that got reported, so... Yeah, here's to, uh, here's to, who? Here's to corruption. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So um, I think that's about it in terms of like really interesting news that happened over the past couple of weeks. There's one um, tiny
1: thing I want to share, which ooh, is okay. in the news, which is kind of heartbreaking for me, at least. I'm a huge Battlefield fan and everybody knows that by now that's been listening to this oh, podcast. No. And unfortunately, Battlefield 5 currently is plagued with all sorts of issues, being stability issues, being kind of game-breaking bugs. Um, And DICE is partially unable to fix it because there were some issues and they tried to hotfix it by deploying a hotfix. And some things got fixed, such as there was an issue around hitboxes and then the hitboxes registration didn't work, so people would be killed in the weirdest ways because the hitboxes didn't work and they semi were able to fix it. But let me put it this way. It, it got to a point that it was so breaking that I just stopped playing Battlefield and I just don't want to play it until I'm 100% sure that everything's fixed. There's a bug in there that people are invisible in multiplayer and you just can't see them, but they can kill you. <laughs> I take you're fighting against ghosts, and you don't have a fair chance and i don't it's i don't obvious. know if they fixed it but i haven't been able to find anything around that that they've fixed it some were saying that dice is unable to reproduce the issue or to find a fix for the issue so um that was kind of scary mm-hmm. um they have come out and say hey at this moment stability is key we're not going to do anything new we're not going to work on anything new until we have battlefield stable and working because there's also but, been some performance issues with Battlefield going on from kind of the launch of the game which are still out
0: there. I would imagine that they would I don't know play test it before they launch a patch. Uh
1: they did, but the tricky part is is that um they they posted an explanation around this, I believe on Twitter or on the website, and I don't know all the details anymore, but they have said that they've uh they have play tested it, and sometimes, for example, in one of the play tests, they figured out mm. they were going to launch a new map called Al Sudan. And during play testing, they found a game breaking bug in this map, and then they, they disabled the map. They still brought out the patch, but they disabled the map. They said, "Okay, we need to find and fix this issue before we can release the map to everyone." It's just that there's so many things going on right now that it's just so difficult to. It feels like they're they're patching one wound and another starts to bleed in its place uh okay that sounds gross it's just the first thing that popped into my mind
0: really you couldn't say plumbing one of which the, makes a lot more okay, sense okay so they're trying to uh, stop leakage
1: but uh, it, as if that sounds better and then when they fix one leak another one occurs so they're kind of drowning is that a better mm-hmm. analogy Yes, that is a better
0: analogy. Okay, well, I'll use that. I have
1: another analogy, which I'm still saving for Anthem, but, you know, I'll just throw it in there when I can.
0: Hmm. <laughs> uh, wow, that, that, that bites me. Yeah, because I, I mean, haven't it's, played Battlefield that's... in two weeks now,
1: and it kind of feels like I'm in withdrawal. I'm just trying to find something else.
0: <laughs> My hands are shaking and I'm
1: twitching, and, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I kind of did a cold turkey on Battlefield, which doesn't feel to get well.
0: Well then, why don't you just return to Battlefield 1 for a while?
1: Uh, I've invested so much time in Battlefield 5. I have all the stuff unlocked. You know, it's just... Yeah. And you didn't do
0: the same thing for 1?
1: I played 1 on the PlayStation, even though I bought it on the PC. But I never played it on PC. I played a lot on the PlayStation. To be honest, if I play Battlefield 1 on PlayStation, I will my ass will be handed so many times to me that I'll either smash my controller or never play Battlefield again. So I'm... I'm making a wise decision to skip out on that. Ah,
0: right, fair. Fair is fair. Oh, I hope that gets fixed soon, because it doesn't sound like it's going to get fixed anytime soon. Because at soon. E3, they teased
1: us with the upcoming ones, and they really teased us with some amazing stuff, such as Operation Underground, which is a remake of Operation Metro from Battlefield 3, and the Pacific is finally coming to Battlefield. I mean... It's like dangling a big bag of candy in front of your nose saying, you're going to get this whole bag of candy. Oh, your teeth are going to ache because of the sugar. And then in the last, just when you reach out to grab the bag, they slap you on the hand and say, no, man, we're not going to do that. We're thinking about your teeth. We don't want your teeth to rot out in one go. I'm like, I decide if my teeth run out, rot out or go. I don't need you to decide that for me. I'm old, wise enough.
0: Isn't it fun playing live games?
1: Uh, the, the the guy that came up with that stuff really just
0: uh, <laughs> don't get All right, okay. Well, let's let's have Sean Templar uh, get off that sugar high and uh, come back to earth. Uh, while we take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about what we've been playing, other than Battlefield Five. and welcome back to the second segment where we talk about the games that we've been playing in the past couple of weeks sean templar what have you been playing
1: oh mighty joy i've been playing two games and i've had so much fun playing them
0: all right i've uh,
1: uh, since i've got this uh new beefier pc i've been playing a lot of total war three kingdoms and mighty joy mighty joy it's been such a pleasure playing that game i am as i've been saying to some people at work i am now the emperor of china and it feels so satisfying to be the emperor of china
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say the other thing.
1: <laughs> China
0: will grow larger. Oh, and larger China
1: has grown under my command. <laughs> it is so glorious to see China grow so large. <laughs> Why?
0: Uh, because I that, can't. That, on, that, one, that, one on like, that one was on me. I admit it.
1: If I could talk to my armies and inspire them, it would be the exact words I would have told them. You have helped China grow large. And for that, I will reward you. Um, so I've been playing. What what's cool about Total War is that um, you you choose a. I've explained this briefly. You you choose a faction, and with that faction, you start playing the game. Um, it's important that you you have certain goals you get from factions in the game that you can do. But the overall goal is to unified china because china is basically falling apart because the current han dynasty is falling apart and all sorts of people are trying to seize the throne and eventually your or at least my faction's idea is to unify china under one banner and to create this peace and so mm-hmm. you have multiple uh, roles or multiple titles and you start out as a uh, as a noble and then you can level up become a mark second marquee as they call it you become a duke and then you become a king and when you're Mm -hmm. king you basically pronounce yourself emperor of china and then or at least an emperor and then what happens is two rival factions will also uh claim legitimacy and say no 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 your claim is not legitimate we are also the emperor and then the game kind of divides itself into these three kingdoms hence the name three kingdoms
0: Oh, so um, it is basically Romance of the Three it
1: Kingdoms. It is literally Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and that's the beauty of it, because all the characters from Romance of the Three Kingdoms are there as well. Mm-hmm. And so you can choose between, I've explained before, Romance Mode, which is basically the, the heroic mode of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, so your heroes are these heroic units which can take on armies, or you can choose for mm-hmm. Record Mode, in which it's a basic total war game, and they can just die as any other human being. Um... You progress with these titles by completing certain objectives or having specific uh, tasks you can do or or moves you can make such as conquer settlements or build certain structures that give you points which increase to that level um, what i've done is is i am my faction is uh is the Shu kingdom i'm uh, my character is called Lu bei and he is mm-hmm. this guy that comes from a poor background, but he really wants peace throughout the kingdom. He's this really genuine guy. He's loved by a lot of people. And um, one of the other kingdoms is the kingdom of Wei, which is at the time known as to be this really big faction, its leaders really treacherous. It's really deceitful. Um, And quickly on in my game, what happened is, is we got into this delicate moment of there was this fragile peace throughout China. In, in which nobody dared to attack each other. So eventually what I did is I started to grow bigger and larger. And then I uh, <laughs> I vassalized a lot of factions. So I told factions, like, okay, you can be part of my faction. You will keep your independence, but you will give me taxes and kickback and stuff like that. But I will protect you under my banner. And eventually I became pretty large, and I thought, okay, this is the moment in which I need to take one of these kingdoms on because I can't stay in this stalemate forever. So I yeah. started to come up with a plan and attack the kingdom of Wei. And before I knew it, my other vassals started approaching me saying, hey, if you want, we can join in the war. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And they joined the war, and eventually I started pushing this huge... They had the huge part of the map, and I started pushing them, the waking kingdom back slowly, eventually taking them out and taking their seat. Along the way, I might have kind of lost... My my lust for blood might have begun over the top, in which I executed a lot of generals that I captured from the other faction after a battle. Whoops! Yeah, a lot of <laughs> uh, a lot of um, other factions started to get mad at me, saying, "Oh, you're ruthless, and you killed my family, or you killed my kin." Or and I thought, "No, I don't care, man. You will not defy me. For me to unify China, I need to make these hard calls. So I executed a lot of them, and then Oops. I don't know what happened." But after I defeated the kingdom of Wei, there's one kingdom left, which is called the kingdom of Ba. After I defeated the kingdom of Wei, I, I don't know what I did. I ended up in a civil war. So one... one faction had lots of
0: vassals and they ganged up on me and before i knew it i was in this massive civil war And that's what you get when you kill your gen that you kill the enemy yeah yeah just for kicks yeah and then all these factions are fighting against me and i want to make peace with
1: those factions and it says no you can only make peace with uh the the master of the vassals and the master of the vassals hates my gut because i executed this family member So I'm trying to struggle. I'm losing territory on all sides. And then eventually there's an option in diplomacy in which you can say, make this work. And then they will suggest the things, they'll say what they want. So eventually I have to give up two territories, a lot of money, a lot of food to create this peace, And then... I did it. Now I am in this really fragile piece, And then one of my vassals started to act uh, act up. Talk bad. I thought, you know what? I can't deal with this right now. So I annexed him. And when you annex him oh, no. over all his territories, all his generals, he just literally becomes yours. And then they, their generals are part of your army. And then my upkeep went up. So I'm losing money. So I disbanded all those armies. And now there's public unrest in all those settlements. So... My my grand mission you suck no my grand mission to unify China and to create peace in this beautiful kingdom fails is, is going and is failing. Well what I did is, is I had a few of my generals march into those cities and keep order, which is happening, but I had to exempt a few factions of, of factions or cities from tax, so I'm not getting the money I deserve because if I exempt them, they'll be happy. Um and now i'm i'm i thought you know what i'm just going to wait this out a few turns i'm just going to do nothing and hopefully the the region will stabi- stabilize and um, people will will kind of like me again why will the you know like ruler me is hard isn't it oh my god it's so hard <laughs> but it's really fun
0: it's really really fun See, that's why it's always fun to be the hero because it has none of the nastiness of being a ruler in my eyes i am
1: the hero i am the one that has the guts to make the hard decisions because i (laughs) want to unify china and there's only one way to do it and that's
0: my way don't my way or it's the highway and then i execute you I'm pretty sure a lot of emperors thought that way too before they got executed. Well, as long as I don't execute, I'll just keep on going. But besides <laughs> that, um, it's it's really
1: fun. I've put in a lot of hours. I'm at 40 hours right now. And I also started a co-op campaign with a friend of mine, uh, yeah. which is also fun because then you can just play the whole campaign either as a... F- the, the cool part around that is that you can play the campaign in or the campaign you can play the, 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 the game that I've been playing as two separate factions. so you can oh. attack each other at any time if you want. You can also form coalitions. or you can say, we're going to share the mandate of emperors. That means that you're basically going to strive to become emperor together and that you don't attack each other, you're basically it's yes it's a one or nothing call. So when you make that call that you want to unify in a way, you don't you can't break off you can't attack each other until you both become emperor and then you can say you know what the fight is on let's try to kill each other and may the best man become the emperor what the hell? What the cool part is is i played a match with it we were playing a game because if you're playing together for example and one gets attacked the other can uh, spectate or he can play as the enemy army at least that's what yeah. i think it says and uh, uh, the buddy of mine who built the PC, Lieutenant Moore 54, I was playing with him and he uh, he was spectating. And I got to this moment in which my army is outranked hugely. I had like 1,200 soldiers and I was facing off against 2,500 soldiers, something like that. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, I know I'm going to die. The only goal I have right now is to create as much casualties in the enemy army as I can so that you can swoop in with your army from the next turn and finish them off. I'm just going to sacrifice my men so we can finish him off in the long run. He's like, okay, we're going to do that. And what we started to do is we started to lose. And eventually I had these two massive legendary heroes. And I told them, okay, we're going to do this crazy thing. You're both going to dismount and you're going to charge full on head into those armies. And you're going to try to kill as much as you can. And I can see where this is going. And this, and it was, but that's the cool part. It was so amazing. And I don't know what the hell happened. But these guys were so they, – they had all these talents and all these abilities, and they literally kicked the ass of the other no. army, and I won the battle. No way. I shit you not. I won the battle. I was shocked as well. I just, I, they were just slashing through those armies. I was constantly zooming in with my camera really up close, and I see them. Slashing with their spears, and you see all these men dying, and I have a blood and bar mud in there, so yeah. you can see them chopping up arms and heads and blood all over the place, and they all just died, and it sounds really bad, <laughs> but I just won. I was outnumbered so heavily, and I won, and and we were both amazed. we're like, "What the hell just happened? This is in <laughs> no way possible, and I just won this battle.) <laughs> It was amazing. I wish I had saved a, record, a uh, replay of that. That would have been I so wish you cool. Did. Yeah, that was... Oh, my God. I never thought it was going to happen, and I just won. Oh, that is
0: hilarious. Yeah. And that I was my passionate present.
1: time with Three Kingdoms.
0: Yeah, yeah. Was it good for you, too? Oh, I loved it. Oh, my I'm God. Sorry. And It's cool
1: that they recently introduced <laughs> mod support through the Steam Workshop. There are all okay. of mods you can add to the game. I, for example, have mods in which the combat is a bit more realistic... The generals can not die of old age because I really wanted to just keep them in, you know, as long as possible. Um, There's these units. Wait, the general can die of old age? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I've had these mods that add visuals to the armor or give certain uh, units more armor. You know, it's it's cool. That's one of the games I've been playing. And the other game I've been playing is uh, Detroit Become Human. It ah. was this mo- This month's uh, free PlayStation Plus game. Well, one of them. One of them. And uh, funny that it was first... It was supposed to be best 2019, a soccer game. Yeah. And at the last moment, it switched to Detroit. I was really happy with that choice.
0: Uh, apparently, according to Konami, Sony made that choice. Oh, okay. Yeah, at the last... Like, literally at the last minute, Sony just decided, you know what? We are... Uh... We've been making we, apparently they've been getting too much complaints that the past couple of games have been too many sports games, mm. so they're like, Okay, let's take this out, we'll keep Horizon uh turbo in there, and uh, we'll put in uh, Detroit Become Human. And it's not just Detroit Become Human, it's the special edition, yeah. the deluxe version that comes with Heavy Rain. Yeah. So if you missed out on Heavy Rain the past two times, then <laughs> you're in luck because this is the third time. You're getting heavy rain on PlayStation 4. I or at least on the, PlayStation 4 Plus.
1: I got a Platinum for the PS3 version, so I'm never playing that game anymore. I actually started
0: playing the game a while ago, but unlike Fahrenheit, I kind of can't really get into that. So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Um, that is an interesting thing that they did. I'm... Kind of, I want to play Detroit to become human as well. I'm not, I don't know how, like, how has it been so far for you? I really like it because
1: um, what I loved about Heavy Rain is that you have uh, choices and based on the choices, you get multiple endings and I, I saw all the endings for that game and they were pretty different. And um, with this, you, after you complete every level, you go, you see a flow chart of all the choices you made and all the choices you missed out on. And oh. sometimes these, there are multiple endings to a certain level. You, can yeah. just, you can't see what those options were, but you can see what you missed. And sometimes there are these super long flowcharts in which the narrative or the game or the level branches off in so many ways. You think, oh, wow, oh I could have maybe done that differently, or maybe I could have done this differently. So the game really motivates you to uh, finish the game or try to play the game again because of those different endings um basically the game revolves around that in 2083 do we live in a world in which androids have become part of our lives they're in a way slaves because just they just do our dirty work they serve us they help us with raising the kids, (laughs) clean house um they do all these sorts of things and then some of them start to go against their programming and start to become what they call deviants in the game they start to be try to be autonomous and try to think for themselves and they start to feel emotions that's strange for a robot of course but yeah they start feeling fear or happiness or even love later in the game you see different examples of it Mm. Um, and you play as these androids you play as a connor which is a detective android he is uh, a state-of-the-art prototype Android, which uh, which uh, works as a negotiator. That's the first mission. There was also the demo that came out before the game came out, in which you have to negotiate the freedom of a little girl that's been held hostage by its Android nanny. Mm-hmm. Um, you play as a woman called Kara, which is a uh, household Android, which got, which is uh, part of this really really poor family. Father lost his job. is a drunk. is a drug addict. has a little girl, and but he... can
0: afford an Android.
1: Yeah, that's strange. Yeah, because these androids are all they. You know, it's it's like getting a phone. You know, it's really cheap. You can pay in installments. Yeah. Uh... Well, it's like getting certain
0: phones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but uh, it's, it's it's that way. And then you play as another uh, Android. He's called Marcus, and he is this. Uh, Kind of this I wouldn't necessarily say sl- sl- slay, I would say caretaker uh uh android. Have you seen the movie Let into Shablas or Let In Touchables? Is a freaking yeah, movie yeah, yeah, yeah. in which uh a uh an old man is in a wheelchair yeah, and, and his getting the um, the caretaker is like uh,
0: I think it was a black man.
1: Uh, yeah, he uh, yeah. he's actually from the street, in a way, the guy. And then he yeah. becomes friends with him and he helps him out. It's basically the same setup. Same person oh, okay. of color, same uh, same guy in a wheelchair kind of setting.
0: The guy's an artist. Wow, Detroit Become Human. <laughs> Barring a lot of different influences, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then um,
1: there are certain events that happen in the game. And because of those certain events, the characters are led on their own journeys. Um, the detective one gets paired up with uh with the actual detective, and they try to find out more about these deviant cases that are starting to occur more and more, and they start to murder their owners or their hosts, to put it that way. Um, the Cara one is uh, is trying to escape together with the little girl, and Marcus is trying to spark a revolution slash a rebellion of the androids in a way. Um. So there's a lot going on. The cool thing is, is that the characters that you play with are actual real-life people. So a lot of them have starred in movies or TV shows.
0: Oh, you mean they did performance capture? Yeah, and oh, there okay. are also NPCs that you
1: play together with are also known Hollywood actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I think it's a theme Quantic Dream generally uses because they also did, did that. Did they
0: do that for Heavy Rain?
1: I mean, I know they did that for um, Beyond Two Souls, the other for game. example. Yeah. William Dafoe yeah, yeah. was in there, for example. And uh, Ellen Page. Ellen Page, yeah. 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 I don't, I can't remember if they did it for Heavy Rain. At least I can't remember if the characters are, are real life characters. But I know that with the last two games they've done, Beyond Two Souls and Detroit, yeah. these people, I've seen them in TV shows, for example.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you haven't tried it out, um, download it on the playstation store for which a ps plus subscription you have one because it's free this month
0: yeah it's i mean i already claimed it i well the same reason i haven't been playing um division two lately is because i don't have space on my hard drive so i oh need to God. invest in an external hard drive for that
1: yeah
0: but uh right cool awesome um that's anything else you played that's it just tell me just what you've does. been playing. Oh, right. Because you couldn't play Battlefield because you're gone. <sighs> I don't want to talk about it. It's a sensitive in subject. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up one more time. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for rubbing salt in the wound.
0: Yeah. So I've been playing a bunch of games in various lengths. Um, the thing that I've been spending most of my time in, of course, has been Mario Maker 2. Um I've been making some levels. I actually made some levels. Um if people are interested, they can uh follow me on my Twitter, which is at Maximilian. I'll be posting uh my codes there, so if they want to check it out, they can.
1: I actually played um, one of your levels, it's really hard. It's really hard
0: because you don't play Mario games. Well, I can't argue with you on that one. <laughs> 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 because that was the that was one of my easier levels. Because oh the, the 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 other level I made was way more. Uh,
1: this isn't was, encouraging me to uh, even try uh, anymore.
0: No, th- no because I mean I'm gonna. The, the thing is I'm learn I'm relearning how to make Mario levels because I learned how to do it in the first Mario Maker, but I haven't touched that game in like two years, so I have to relearn all that. The cool thing is that Mario Maker Two actually has a very cool and in-depth way of learning levels. The first way is to play the story mode, which the first game didn't have. Um, they have a bunch of levels of varying degrees of uh, difficulty that actually teach you, a in a playing way, how to design a level. And they also have these interesting videos, I would say, where you're being taught how to make good, respectable levels through a pigeon named, named Yamamura and a girl named Nina. A pigeon. So that's that. Um, yeah, so I've been playing the story mode. I actually finally beat it, um, which is great because it gives you more stuff to do in the game. And I've been playing some other people's levels in varying degrees. A lot of them are either really trolly Or, yeah, just really (laughs) trolly. But some of them are really cool. Because what some people have been able to do is make music in Mario Maker. And it's something that they did in the first Mario Maker. But in this one, it's even better because they have a few more tools to do that in. And I played some levels. Like, one of them has the music for Splatoon 2 in it, recreated in a level which is really cool. And another one had a piece of uh, music that was uh, from Donkey Kong Country. I think it's the, one of the boss themes, which is so cool because all you do is just run through the level and the music is playing. That is so, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how it works. I'm going to try and figure it out so I can do try building one myself, but that is really cool. Um, so that's what I've been doing, at least with Mario Maker 2. Um. Fun to jump in and out and stuff like that. So that's that. I have to say that the
1: level creation tool you showed me, it really looks nice and accessible. It's not that complicated.
0: It is. It's very accessible. Like, that's the only... Actually, that is the only gripe I have with this game because at least under Wii U, you had a separate tablet to do that in. So you had a display on the screen, but you also had a tablet with a stylus and where you can fine-tune your levels, and then jump in and out and play. The unfortunate problem with the Switch is it doesn't have the two-screen solution. So you're either editing on the Switch itself, or when you put it in the dock, you have to use a controller instead. It's not that it's not doable with a controller, it's just that it's not as precise or as quick as uh... just taking the switch out of the dock.
1: an extension coming up for people that own a switch and a switch light that you can just dock your switch and then grab your switch light and then use that as the way you're
0: just described (laughs) if only if only well yeah no really if only because that would be really handy um if you could do if that was something that you could do i would totally welcome that by the way But I don't think that that's something that they're gonna do. So it's you know either or. Um, But they added like a whole. They actually added so. How do I explain this? So the original Mario Maker had four styles that you can choose from: Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers Three, Super Mario World, and Super Mario Brothers. Or sorry, New Super Mario Brothers U. Ugh, long title. Um. (laughs) But now with Super Mario Maker 2, they added an extra style, which is Super Mario 3D World, which kind of negates the 3D because it's on a 2D plane. It's kind of 2.5D-ish, but that is a whole separate style onto itself, and it does not translate over to the other four styles like it does in the past. Because if you make, for example, a level with the Super Mario brother style, you can just tap on a button. Switch to, like, for example, Super Mario World, which is my personal favorite. Um, and then it'll switch, and the level will stay the same with all the elements switched to the Super Mario World tile set. But you can't do that with the Super Mario 3D World, because that uses a completely different physics set and a completely different tile set. So you either make it in one of the four styles that is available, or you have to do it in like specifically... The Super Mario or the Super Mario 3D World style which is kind of a bummer but I get it so yeah I mean that's what I've been playing um, the other thing that I actually played when I went back to is the ultimate battle royale Tetris 99 whoa that's a long time since I've heard <laughs> you play that I mean I play it on and off but not as much um Mostly because it is very difficult to get number one. Um, have you ever gotten uh
1: No. When are we a chicken dinner or victory royale or whatever they call no, it in? Uh... No,
0: no. That uh, yeah, they call it a Tetris Maxima when you when you get number
1: one,
0: mm. um, which is also the name of the tournaments that they hold. And recently, they this past weekend they just had another tournament, and the cool thing that they're doing right now is that when they do hold a tournament, they have a prize other than the 10 euros that you can win. Because let's <laughs> wow. face it, that's a lot. the 10 euros that you can win in the eShop is a lot more difficult because you have to win like a bunch of tickets and you only get a ticket per 100 points. And you only get a certain amount of points when you win a certain rank and whatever. Um, so now they also have like, if you get the first 100 points, you win the, the um, what is it? The, you win the theme of that tournament. So the first time they did this, they had the Game Boy theme. So the whole game was, I don't know what it, what do you call it, sepia tone. So it looked exactly like the Game Boy. Oh, nice. Um, the Game Boy Tetris with the Game Boy tile set and like Game Boy borders and the sounds and everything was Game Boy. And this weekend they had the Splatoon Two theme. So the music was Splatoon 2, the sound effects were Splatoon 2, the colors were Splatoon 2, the borders, everything was themed after Splatoon 2 because in another thing that I'm gonna mention real quickly after this, it's about Splatoon 2 that's coming to a close. But so I played that this weekend so I can at the very least get the the theme. So I did that. But I played my last set today, and I actually got seventh place, and it was Probably the best I've played in weeks. Wow! Because I was in the zone, and I started that set off really bad because I was making mistake after mistake. And I was like, "Okay, I'm, I'm gonna get wrecked." But then I started getting into the zone, and I was putting blo I was putting tetraminos where they belonged, and I was just kicking butt. I was kicking so much butt. I'm like, "Oh, oh." Oh, I, okay, okay. Now I'm in the. I'm now in the last fifty. Oh, now I'm in the last twenty-five. Oh, now I'm in the last ten. I can do. Oh no. Oh, oh no. I made a mistake, and then I lost. <laughs> I ended up seventh, which is good. Not as good as my best because my best was ending fifth place, but this was a victory for me because it was the first time in a really long time that I ended up in the top ten. <laughs> so. So yeah, I mean, so now at least I have that theme permanently. And recently, they actually added a offline mode. But the offline mode is a separate thing that you can just buy for 10 bucks. So for people that don't have the Nintendo um, online service, they can just buy the offline version for 10 bucks, which allows you to play against uh, 98 computer players, or play head to head with other people um, locally. So, you know, that's a thing. I haven't bought it yet because why would I buy something that I can play for for free in quotes right now?
1: I'm going to ask you the million dollar question. And then I'm going to, if you answer that question wrong, I'm going to tell you why you need to stop buying games until you've done this. Have you finished Horizon Zero Dawn? I'm gonna take that as a no. So maybe you should just keep your money in your pocket and finish the effing game before you buy something. I'm not
0: gonna, I'm not gonna buy the Tetris one. I'm not gonna buy it. I mean, I don't buy anything.
1: (laughs) Jesus, I'm never gonna get you a game for your birthday anymore.
0: I'm gonna finish it. I promise. (laughs) Jesus.
1: You're keeping all in all all sense of suspense, whereas people. I'm a-
0: sorry, everybody. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> but i got really into mario maker too. nobody cares about cha- mario maker and i got a cha- and i got a challenge from a friend who made this level that is just incompletable i mean it took him four days to finally upload the dang thing i heard that
1: because i heard that you have to first finish your level before you can upload before you're it, allowed to upload which it. i love yeah. because that way you can prevent an, like these impossible levels of popping up a line that's really cool that they moderate it in that way
0: yeah unless they were able to defeat the impossible level and upload it anyways Hmm. yeah it took him 4 days to finally beat his own level so that it would
1: upload hey that's good at least then it's not an easy level at least i don't hope it's an easy level it is impossible
0: nobody's ever finished it besides like it's problem. online right now i checked it today and it's still nobody's defeated it i I actually put it on my Twitter as a challenge to like, oh, my friend made this level. It's unbeatable, but if you can beat it, like more power to you. <laughs> <laughs> you so, respect. So, yeah, because he was like getting worried that nobody would finish it so that, and it because if it's not popular, it's not getting propagated. It's, so people it are not playing. popular
1: or how many people played it?
0: Yeah, you can see how many people tried it. Um, you can also see if it's popular by the amount of likes it got. Um, maybe you, so, maybe yeah. we should do a, a, a video around
1: it. We just film you trying to beat the level. And if you can't beat it, maybe we should. Do you want me to go insane? No, but you know, you have these challenges in which, um, you know, the, the ice bucket challenge, in which you uh, you do the ice bucket yeah. challenge and you nominate someone else to do it. Maybe yeah. we should do it. If it's such an unbeatable level, let's see if... if someone oh, I'm else- sure
0: that some, someone out there will be able to beat it. I'm just saying I'm not one of them. I mean, I'll try, but oh my goodness. Seriously, if you could... Here's the thing. If someone out there... I, like, I already posted the code on my Twitter, but if there's someone out there that can beat this level, I will actually give them a game on Steam. Because that's okay, the thing. I can buy uh, codes for Switch or whatever. Maybe you should uh,
1: limit it and not uh, this game on Steam. Say I'll buy you a uh, a game up to because otherwise people say I want World War Three game. Bump that's sixty bucks out of your wallet.
0: Oh no, I'm choosing the game myself. <laughs> oh wow, okay. You'll get a game from me and you'll like it. And trust me, I won't make it a trash game. I won't make it one of those weird visual novel games. Give p- people,
1: people Astroneer. Or- yeah, I mean,
0: maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, other than other than that, um, I dabbled a bit more into um, Bloodstain: Ritual of the Night, which is not a game I bought. It's a game that I backed as a Kickstarter. So What's the difference you between can- ga-
1: buying a game and backing a game? You eventually give money to that game. That was
0: four years ago. Oh wow. Yeah. Damn. So you can't say I recently bought a game. No, I just recently got a game that was released. So, yeah. um, I got it on Switch. I think I said it have on the last episode the before. Have they performance issues? They have not. No, that's not but I know that they're working on it, but there are like a bunch of other stuff that is kind of working against the Switch version. So they're working on that. And they have been giving regular updates as to where they are in fixing stuff. That's nice. So that is nice. Um, whenever, that, whenever that happens, I'll let you guys know what the performance has been improved. But other than that, the game is not bad. It's challenging. And the frame rate can be kind of weird, but it's not. the frame rate is not that bad. Because the frame rate is at the very least stable. That is the least of the worries. Nice. The worries is more that the input lag is kind of all over the place.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer
0: which doesn't work when you have to platform (laughs) when you have to do precise jumping and that's kind of what the problem is with the game it's why i'm not playing it at a constant pace because the game itself is pretty good and i've gotten some sweet ass powers and abilities but uh yeah it's just i don't know man it's like i want to finish the game but it's I kind of wish they would at the very least fix the input lag. I mean, if they fix the input lag, then it's a total easy piece breeze through because that means that you can actually do the precise the, the precise platforming in there um, and the precise attacks because sometimes I'll just hit an attack and the attack won't execute on time or not execute at all. So it won't even register the input. And I've had the game crash on me twice just by reading a book. Damn. Yeah in the game. So that, that sucks because now I'm, because, because you have to read the books because they contain, um, because they contain moves that you can do in the game and they contain information that you need to proceed in the game. So if you try and read a book and it crashes on you, you kind of have the feeling like maybe you should just skip the books. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It it, it kind of has prevented me from playing it more, but uh, if they fix that then i'll be able to play it normally at the very least i'd be able to play it. like if they fix those two problems it fixes like a lot like 50% of the problems that annoy me at this point but other than that it yeah it's a fun game i mean it's not as pretty as on playstation 4 pro or on xbox one x but it it's it's a fun game it's castlevania symphony of the night like So those are the games that I've been playing. Nice, yeah. So
1: any last yeah, comments I you want to add before we move on to our hidden gems?
0: I well, I did touch a bit upon uh, uh Horizon Horizon Turbo Chase on PlayStation, like for a bit, just to check out how it feels in comparison to playing it on a smartphone. But
1: as yeah, long it feels the same. Horizon Zero Dawn.
0: It's a different horizon. Yeah, that takes up a lot less space than frigging the Vision Two. Like seriously, like the the patch is the same size as the game. You know, what? I'm not gonna get into it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's it for what we've been playing. Um. So stick around, and after this, we'll be talking about our hidden gems. <laughs>
1: all righty welcome back everybody to our last segment the
0: hidden gem yes yes what is your gem. hidden gem well my hidden gem i i said that last time was the last time for a while that i was gonna do a handheld game is this
1: another 3ds game
0: it's not a it's not a 3ds game is this another ds game Yes, oh God, but this, but this one, this, uh, this is the last. I'm gonna do it for a while, so just bear with me, please, because this is a, this is a franchise that unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. So I wanted to at least bring it up and give it some lip service, and that is the Owendon series slash Elite Beat Agents, which is a what? rhythm game. Another um, rhythm game. Did I talk about another written game before? Uh, what's it
1: called? Cadence of Hyrule, yada oh, yeah. yada. But no, yada, but that yada, yada, was yada. That, but
0: that was something that was, that I was actively playing and not a hidden gem. Okay, okay. This is a hidden gem. Um, it is a series that came out during the heyday of the DS. So, two thousand four? No, not two thousand four. That's actually when the system came out. Uh, two thousand five, two thousand six um ish around that time it's published by Nintendo developed by Innis which is a developer that doesn't exist anymore um well it doesn't exist anymore as Innis it's rebranded um but it is a unique rhythm game where you use the bottom screen to do the actions for the game tap and drag on rhythm um and well the cool thing about this, if you're anything into Japanese culture, is that you are a cheer squad or an Awendon team, as they call it. Oh god. And you cheer people on during their lowest point of their life. So for example, there's um a guy that is a doctor who is giving up his very luxurious. Career as a doctor to move to an island and be the island doctor. And this is a very weird island because, according to the islanders, the doctor fixes everything. So, not just regular patients, he has to fix electronics, he has to take care of the animals, he has to fix fences and stuff like that. And then he hits a low point to where he screams to the heavens, Oh, and done. And then The team appears, and that's when the stage starts. And you basically cheer him on as he does his tasks. And there are very different, like, scenarios, like weird ones. There's one where um, you cheer on a company that builds things, and they suddenly get attacked by a 50 foot cat that's destroying the city. So they pull out their mech to defeat the giant cat, and then they have to get cheered on by the Oendon. There's one scene where um, a guy is trying to get cell reception and you're trying to cheer him on. There's like these weird scenarios and the final battle for the second game, for example, is saving the world from a meteor strike. So you have to cheer on the entire world into deflecting the meteor, which, well, to spoil the ending, doesn't end well, kind of, sort of. Um, but it's a really cool series. In Japan, there were two games that came out. In the West, we actually had a localized version called Elite Beat Agents, where they switched out the Oendan team for a secret service team that cheers on people when I they're think in I trouble or
1: something like that.
0: And it's fine. The reason why I'm putting more emphasis on the Japanese version is because they use Japanese songs. Japanese songs that they license, like J-pop and rock and whatever um, you can imagine, is in there. And then, of course, in the localized version, it's all you know Western songs that are um, either royalty free or where they can get the license for easy. So it's you know Village People and Cyndi Lauper and like stuff from the '90s, and they're it's fine. The gameplay is still the same. I'm just, I at that time in my life, I was getting more and more into J-pop, so I had I I liked those games more. It's just a shame that the I think it was after the second game got released. Soon afterwards, the 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 company kinda went under, and then they rebranded as a different development team, and now they're doing. You know, like most other smaller developers, do. they do mobile stuff now. Mobile stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's kind of disappointing. Well, well, it's not like I'm not sliding them. I understand you have to put food on the table. But it's kind of a shame, really. Um, because they were working with Nintendo. And Nintendo published all these games. And they were really fun. I mean, they were a niche title for what they are because they're rhythm games. So it's already a niche of a niche. And of course you can't localize the Japanese version. You have to make it Western, but they're not that hard. I mean, you don't need it to be in English because if you understand the menus, then you can just play the games very easily. So if, you, if you're if you looking to buying it, I recommend either getting Elite Beat agents if you want it really specifically in English, if you don't care about the language barrier, look up Oendon or Oendon 2 for the DS. Although one thing that did come out of that was a PC version that was made by fans Wow. called OSU, OSU! exclamation point, Which you, I think, can download for free. I think it was a freemium game. And basically, it's a community game, which means people in the community for OS are making levels for that game. So you have like a whole bunch of other songs in there and it's just, yeah, it's really cool. And you do have to play with the mouse, but if you have like a drawing stylus, I would assume that would work as well. Um, I played that a couple of years ago. I haven't checked up on the community, but I'm assuming that it's still alive and well because people, like if it was up to people, there would be a new Oendon game. But since they can't get that, they play us. So, nice. yeah, if you're into rhythm games, pick that one up. It's really fun. It's really cool. It's really easy to get into if you get the Japanese version. Um, and honestly, I like the scenarios in the Japanese version a bit better because they're really, really out there. Like one of them is uh, a mother accidentally tosses out a, a, her daughter's like childhood toys. And she was looking for them. And she's like, oh, I, I'm i sorry, dear. I throwed them out with the garbage. And then the toys themselves come to life and actually make their way back to the owner. And yeah. you're cheering the toys on. Sounds like Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Toy Story. But it's this cute little like monkey puppet and this toy soldier thing. It's like, why would a little girl have a toy soldier? But whatever. Um, Like the Nutcracker, like that kind of oh, toy wow. soldier. So, But it's like this really hilarious scenario because whenever you do well, you see them really like working hard to get back. And if you do poorly, they also do poorly. So they're like making mistakes and like yada, yada, yada. And if you're like doing average, they go at like a normal pace. It's just so hilarious. Nice. It's just, yeah. So if you're into rhythm games, pick that up. Like However you can find it, like if you can find it, if you go to Japan or find it on a resale website, not G2A, um, (sighs) pick it up. It's a good one. Get it. Okay,
1: nice, nice. So what's your hidden gem? Mine is a game called The Order 1886, which is a PS4 exclusive made by Ready at Dawn. And the guys at Radio Dawn are known for making uh, God of War on the PSP at the time. They made two God of War games on PSP, which were really good games. I thought they made three. I thought two. I'd have to check that. And they also made um, the the Daxter game. So you had Jack and Daxter, the Naughty Dog game. We and made. they made a separate Daxter game on PSP as well. And it was really good games. And then... They did the order 1886 as a PS4 exclusive for Sony, which is mm-hmm. a game. I think I could best describe as the movie Underworld. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with Kate Beckinsale. I've I've heard of the movie. Yeah, so yeah. It basically, I'm, is the the best representation to uh, to uh, um, wow. I just can't find out to compare it to is <laughs> Underworld in a steampunk. Victorian Industrial Revolution setting. So you play as uh, a character who is called, I believe, Galahad. And basically what's happened is that the Knights of the Round Table of the King Arthur legend have lived on through centuries and are fighting um, monsters, in this case specifically werewolves. uh, Mm -hmm. And they're trying to protect humanity from them. And then there are multiple characters that are part of these knights of the round table and they have the names of the knights of the round table such as arthur and lancelot and if one dies another could take his place and it gets that name and these characters are also i thought they were either immortal or had long life Uh, so they would
0: think it was i think they lived a long life
1: yeah i think they had a long life and they could also for example if they got hurt they could drink a certain potion which would heal them Uh, and basically in victorian london steampunk victorian london you're you're trying to hunt down these werewolves and were they
0: called werewolves i think they were called something else they
1: had a different name yeah i can't remember the name it's a couple of years since i played the game um at the time it one of it was one of those games that really made the playstation shine it really showed the graphical capability of the playstation it's a beautiful game um it kind of also got hit with a i wouldn't say controversy but with a bit of negativity because the game was so pretty and so on rails the game you could finish it in six hours i believe and mm-hmm. um it will cost 60 euros and one of the complaints in the reviews in a lot of reviews was that it felt too restricted too on rails um, exploration generally in games is encouraged and in this game it was a lot around there's a really certain specific path you have to follow, and that's the only path you can follow. Um, And the developer said, well, we just have this really cinematic story slash game, and we have a way we thought out we want you to follow that story because that's the best way you can experience the game. And it was a third-person shooter, um, and you would have different kind of weapons, different kind of gadgets. You were kind of the, the James Bond of the era because you had all these cool gadgets and weapons, And the story was really, it was a cool story. They also built the game out as a franchise. So the Mm -hmm. idea was that there were going to be sequels. Um, Unfortunately, till date, there's only the Order 1886. I think the IP is owned by Sony. So if Sony ever wants to do more with it, they can. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was real cool. There was really beautiful, the environment's really beautiful. The performance capture was really good. The combat was really good. There were a lot of puzzles in it. They also had this. I believe it was a 29 by one. They had this really cinematic aspect ratio, so the yeah. game would have these black bars in it, but it would really enhance the cinematic experience of the game. Um, and then there would be a certain uh, famous people throughout history that would also pop up in the game. And you would have different kinds of segments: one segment you're really exploring, one segment you're really sneaking in the game, one segment you—it's all around the combat. There was a segment that at one of those, uh, I think it's either Buckingham Palace or a really famous point in London, and then it would get attacked by all these werewolves, and you would just have to hold out, hold the bridge, and then you would get all these cool weapons, and we'd just keep on mowing them down, and you would have these soldiers fighting with you. Um, It was a really cool game, and I'm, I'm really bummed that they didn't do anything more with it. Um, I remember at the time when they first announced it and showed it, people were really
0: amazed by the graphical fidelity of the game. Um, and I always thought... Well, people got burnt by the PlayStation 3 launch, you know, because they yeah. had a bunch of games that were pre-rendered and they said, no, this is in-game, and then they had to retract it later on. It just kills out too, unfortunately. And Mortar Storm. And
1: Red Resistance, follow Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that... I understand the skepticism, but, you know, it, it it was a really cool game. It came out the second year of the PS4, I believe. Uh, and I thought, you know what, I'll just wait for this game to be 30 bucks, and then I'll just buy the game. And it, I saw it somewhere for 30 bucks, and I just bought it. Has it been on PlayStation Plus? I'm th- I don't know. I was just looking that up. It kind of feels like it was, but I just don't know for sure yeah but yeah you know it was definitely worth the 30 bucks and i think you can buy it now everywhere for 30 bucks so if you really want one of those cinematic games that just has a good story and takes you on a roller coaster ride um just buy it you know it it's a 30 bucks well spent i think people will like it a lot it's also cool because it has a kind of relatable story with the king arthur and those characters you've all always heard about or seen about in those movies um I, I really like it, yeah, it's again, the game what I saw a lot in the reviews and which resonates is it it doesn't do anything new, but mm-hmm. what it does, it does really well. And to be mm-hmm. honest, that's okay enough for me. I think this is one of those games that's overlooked a lot, and it can be a really fun cinematic experience.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I haven't checked it out myself um, because back then I didn't have a PlayStation 4, but I did hear the controversies. But the one thing that I will say is that I heard one of the things is that they ran out of time. Um, That was, I think, one of the rumors that was floating around that they didn't have enough time to actually flesh out the game. And that's the reason why the game is structured the way it is.
1: I I, I honestly don't know about that I read an interview with the studio director saying that they did set it up as a multi-year
0: franchise
1: or a multi-part
0: franchise it seemed like it would be considering the naming yeah
1: and also the way it ends so there is enough in there to excite
0: people to make people curious for sequels yeah true yeah well I don't know if it's ever gonna happen
1: you never know maybe Sony might revive it in the next gen
0: Yeah, knows Well, I tried to look it up in the meantime. I'm not seeing it in any list. I think it's been in a lot of speculations around PS Plus games. Yeah, I don't think it. Yeah, at least it hasn't done. That's kind of disappointing. Why would you not do that? Yeah, I mean, it's a good. I it's a good chance to give it like a second chance to see if people are actually interested in it. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have like access to the metrics to these kind of things. It'd be a shame if they didn't. Yeah. Right. Who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe they'll do that in the future. Yeah. It's not like they got anything interesting coming out these days.
1: I'm just gonna say what I've said after E3, what I said during E3, what I'm gonna say the whole year. <laughs> We're in a gap year for Sony yeah. and Microsoft. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But next year, Sony's gonna shine the stars out of the heaven.
0: If people don't know what they're going to play on a PlayStation 4, at least they have something to revisit. All right, we're going to get Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us next year. Everybody's going to talk about that game. Yeah, but I mean, for right now, at least they can revisit the order 1883 and see if it's something that they want, if they would want a sequel to. Yeah. All right. That is it for us, I guess, for this week. Unless you want something else to add. Uh no, that's it. Yeah. Cool. This has been fun as always. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you guys for listening as always. Uh you can hit us up on Twitter. Uh we're on at game underscore rivals underscore. Um you can find me on Twitter at Maximilian. Uh you can always send us an email uh to game at gmail.com. Uh you can also find us on any podcasting service that you uh, prefer apple podcast google play store spotify uh you, overcast um, overcast you name it you can probably find us there um we also got as you can see a brand new and actual official podcast art it's which so was pretty. made by our fan with fair fan, fan. But it was made by one of our friends called Beat Mall. He's uh, on Twitter at beatmall1, so you can find him there. Um, give him nice compliments on the sweet ass art that he made. Uh, I'm sure if he if there's something that you want him to make, you can probably send him a request uh, on there as well. So uh, feel free to do that. Um, yeah, I think that's all the all the things that they people can find us on people can also
1: leave us a voice message through the anchor website or the anchor app. There's a link in our description and people can just click on the link. They don't have to make an account and they can leave us a voice clip with either a question or their feedback or cool remarks if you want
0: to. Yeah. And they can of course always leave feedback on whatever podcast service that they use. So please leave us feedback. Um, if you can leave us a five-star review, because that will help us get more and more up in the aggregate, and people will be more people will be able to find us or tell and anyone us. about us. Just tell a friend and about tell it. your friends, tell your family members that love playing video games that they can listen to two awesome gamers that come together, set aside their differences, even though one of them is clearly more right than the other. And uh, I hope yeah, you're referring to, to me because we all know. <laughs> that is true well I'm going to leave it up to the listeners because they know what's up
1: I think the listeners all have a PS4 so I think it what we'll take this win and put it in my corner
0: I'm pretty sure that they also have switches so I'm going to put it in my corner <laughs> but this has been Maximilian X and Sean Templar signing off until next time